Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. I wanted to add a quick caveat to today's episode. We, Ko and I, talk about uh, the Goners trilogy by Kenyon Gagnier, and it does bring up a little bit of a discussion about uh, suicide and being suicidal. I do not want to trigger anybody. I do not want to upset anybody, so uh, please be aware of that. If you hear us start talking about that book, um, you can't remember how far in, I think it's about halfway, um, then please, uh, if you do not want to hear that discussion, you can fast forward through it or uh, you can stop listening. Uh, That is completely your choice. Um, I just wanted to give everybody a warning about today's episode that it does contain those discussions and that topic because I do not want to upset anybody. So please be aware of that. And if you know anybody who uh, wants to listen to the episode might be triggered by that, please let them know in advance that there is this warning on today's episode. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoy. Anyway, there's tons of book recommendations today. Have fun. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am here with C.B. Lansdale. She is an author, friend of mine that I met on Blue Sky, I believe. Um, I don't remember if we knew each other on Twitter slash X um, before, um, but I do know that I know her on uh, Blue Sky. And we had scheduled uh, for her to come on a couple of weeks ago, but that was my anniversary weekend. Um, And I completely forgot that it was my anniversary weekend and that I don't record that weekend. Uh, So we rescheduled for today and we are here to talk all sorts of things, books, life, everything in between. Um, I am super excited to have her here. She is an author from South Africa. Um, I'm so excited to have the beautiful accent um, on my podcast. Um, I think it's the first one. I think um, my first author friend from South Africa. So I'm super, super excited to have her on the show and uh, to talk books and and everything. So welcome. Um, Do you you want me to call Um, you by your first name or would you prefer? um, You can initials you can call me co which oh, is okay. um yeah. perfect c-o-e okay. yeah <laughs> okay so everybody grab your tea grab your wine grab your laundry caroline and we are going to get started so co i did not mean to mind just then but how are you doing today it is evening where you are i believe yes It's been a really nice warm day. It's summer over here, uh, which I don't always like that much, but it's the early part, so it's not too intense yet. And I've just had a Saturday of um, working in the garden, taking my dogs out for a walk. um, So that's perfect for me. And um, there are still lots of weeds from springtime. So it's um, I'm slowly starting to like get them under control and the garden starting to look nice. So yeah, I'm happy about that. Is is gardening <laughs> um, one of your favorite pastimes? Um, it is. I get around to it about every day, but I don't necessarily keep all the plants alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I have I I tell people I have a um I have a black thumb. Um I I've killed aloe plants. Uh, which from what I understand is an extremely <laughs> difficult thing to do. Um, uh, the I, think aloes are, I think they're from here in 
from South Africa. <laughs> so um, mine are doing fine for now. For now. <laughs> they, for, yeah, from what I understand, aloe is a very hardy plant. They handle um, dry, they handle heat um, very, very well. Um, I live in Oklahoma um, in the U.S., and our uh, our summers get very hot, uh, but they get very humid. Our our summers are very mm. sticky, um, uh, and that could be working against them too. The humidity isn't really a thing so much, at least not in this section. In Cape Town, it's kind of this dry heat you get in the summer. Uh, I wish. <laughs> I, I hate the sticky heat. When you walk mm. outside and you feel like you're inhaling a thunderstorm, it's just mm-hmm. not, it is not conducive um, to to feeling healthy. Um, mm. But, um, but I, you know, I, I love it here. I, you know, our, our cost of living is uh, pretty low here. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy um, living here and don't want to move um, mm. but i don't like the the sticky heat of of summer so but yeah i i've killed uh, two aloe plants um i think the only plants that i have not killed um were zinnias um okay. and i'm not sure i've heard of those they are, they are oh they're absolutely gorgeous flowers um you can get them in like one color um or you can get them in multiple colors and they're like vibrant um they're usually about like this um they're about like three to four inches in diameter or you can get the mini ones which are about one and a half to two inches in diameter mm-hmm. um and they're absolutely gorgeous uh the only thing is you have to plant them by themselves because they tend to take over and um they yeah. they're Stems, uh, like they either struggle or they go wild. These, yeah, zinnias absolutely go wild, and the the stems are kind of like hydro plants, because um, when you cut one uh, to put like to put in your house or whatever, two grow back. So mm-hmm. they they tend to just kind of balloon all over. Um, and so I zinnias are, are pretty much the only plant that I haven't ever killed. Uh, but <laughs> I yeah, I I'm just I'm not the gardening type. So my mom is. My mom loves to garden and my mom loves, mm. you know, she lives in an apartment and is always looking for for ways to to garden on her patio. But um yeah, that's very that is, creative. People uh, who work with those small spaces like that. Yeah, that is just not me. Um, you know, I'm like, Mm-mm. so if if I can't hire somebody to do it for me, um, it's probably not gonna get done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I'm cheating a bit because I've got mostly indigenous things growing in the garden. I don't know if you've heard of um, speckworm. They're these um, little succulents that give off a lot of oxygen. So they're very popular here in South Africa, and they pretty much look after themselves so I've got a number of them in my garden and uh, they haven't given much trouble I I haven't heard of those if they give off so much oxygen we need to put them everywhere I think so I I read a um I read a meme uh once that said um if trees gave off wi-fi signals uh we would have them everywhere. You know, people would never cut yes. them down and we would have them <laughs> everywhere. Um, but, you know, and and somebody else posted, um, yeah, trees just give off, you know, this thing called oxygen. You know, we only need that to live, you know, it's just like this little sarcastic <laughs> thing. And, you know, I was like, it's, you know, it's just this funny little meme. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, Funny, but it's kind of true at the same time that if yeah. trees gave off Wi-Fi signals, <laughs> we'd have them everywhere. Yeah, um, we're a little bit short-sighted as human beings. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I, I don't want to forget this. I have in the past until like halfway through um, mm. the the podcast, but um, I want to make sure that we um, get you it, like 
officially introduced uh, to everybody. Hmm. So real quick, if you can uh, let us know just a little bit about yourself, um, when you started writing, why you started writing, and just one or two things that inspire you. Okay. Um, well, I started writing, um, well, seriously, I've only started writing in my 30s, so that would be about uh, three, four years ago. Um, but I've been, um, I did really well in English in school, you know, as well as um, I could do in anything, because I wasn't uh, really an academic, so math, science, everything else, I kind of was in those middling grades, but English I just loved, and especially um, creative writing. Uh, but I never really thought of it as something that I would um, make into a career. Uh, I was always more interested in the arts, and so I've been working as a freelance illustrator for over 10 years now. Um, I'd studied graphic design, and um, I, I really love that work, but um, is that, yeah, there came a point where I started getting ideas for a graphic novel and they just grew and grew and grew to the point where I thought this is going to take me like decades if I want to kind of carve out time to illustrate this. Um, so I actually need to turn it into a novel. And um, that's kind of how the world of Apodeca started to grow, which is, um, I mean, I, sh I suppose I should tell you about my book now. It's science fiction, fantasy, with a little bit of horror. At least the aesthetics and stuff kind of lean towards horror. Um, but yeah, I, I made up a whole alien moon cultures there. Um, I've got ideas like how everything should look, um, how the different clans uh, kind of conduct themselves. Uh, it just started sprawling. So. Um, I decided to start with a geology, but I, I do have other books lined up. Um, but I'm hoping that at least the geology can kind of work on its own, even if it takes me quite some time to get round to the later books. Yeah, okay. I think that's everything. <laughs> um, so what, what inspires you uh, when you're writing um, a new book or thinking of a new story? Um, I know for for your duology, uh, you said that um, you had started it as a graphic novel, basically. Um, is that like just drawing something um, can spark your creativity, or um, what else um, can can be going on that can give you an idea for a story? Sure. Um, I think for me, I'm quite a visual person, so uh, it's usually like mood boards or um, I mean, I'm I'm also so privileged to live in Cape Town. So anyone who visits here, you'll see um, like the urban landscape, the mountains, the coastlines, uh, all of that, uh, and our kind of Mediterranean climate. I think that ended up shaping um, the capital city of the Moon, um, Apodeca. Um, the Moon itself is called Niadria. Uh, yeah, I think it was it's a lot of nature really that started shaping not only like uh, the world but also the the species, the characters in the story because it's not a science fiction um, story involving human beings. They're kind of humanoid, but there are also ways in which these characters are a little bit different. Um, so yeah, um, in my debut book, Far Removed, um, I talk about the naiads. So you know, how you have uh, in Greek mythology, the different kinds of nymphs, like dryads, naiads. Um, I spelt it slightly differently, um, just to be difficult, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but also there's this really lovely place out this way called uh, Neisner, and it's spelt with a K and an N. So I kind of took that as inspiration when I created the spelling for my naiads, which is K-N-Y-A-D-S. Um, so yeah, they have that kind of semi-aquatic, um, you know, a born from the sea sort of uh, aspect to them. Um, so yeah, I, su I suppose it, it really does come a lot from um, my interest in nature, really. Okay. Mm. So um, what what are your books about? <laughs> That's a really good question. 
Uh, that's so me. I just get carried away with the world building and completely forget to tell you. Like, okay, <laughs> what is the plot over here? I'm like, um, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like, this world sounds amazing. I need to read this book just based <laughs> on the world itself. But <laughs> I want to hear about the story too. So yeah. let's let's hear it. Yeah, that's quite understandable. I think every author seems to like really struggle when it's, oh, what is your story about now? Because suddenly you have to <laughs> condense it. It can't just be this expansive thing. Um, but I have actually had reviewers say it's um, very character focused. Um, and it is because um, it's a, a dual POV um, novel. And so Apodeca, well, the whole of Niadria, the moon is uh, socially stratified. And um, so you've got the, these different classes really um, ranging from like the upper class, which would be like your Praemor or your um, the Pentarchy, which are like the very, the very top. And uh, they're the ones um, who actually rule over the moon. And then you've got your auto, who are like your middle and working class and then unclassified, which are very new clans that have not yet been slotted into the auto. They haven't... Uh, I suppose they haven't really proven themselves to the wealthier clans that they have anything to offer. Um, and so I've, with the two characters um, who are my leads, uh, they they had to come from like opposite parts of this world. So they inhabit the same city. They even um, both work in the capital building. Um, but the one is Oculus and he is Premo and he is a uh, kind of a, an up and coming young politician, but he's also a fairly wealthy heir. Uh, he didn't, his mentor had left him quite a, a vast estate and he uses his mentor's resources to try and uplift um, naiads of the lower classes or strata. And then Prisma is... Um, she was an auto naiad, but she'd actually she's fallen from grace. So, <clears throat> sorry, when we meet her at the beginning of Far Removed, um, she's just been like struggling as a, a, a like a lowly worker in the assembly buildings, um, and we slowly find out like a bit more about her backstory and how she came to be where she is. Um, she also wears a mask all the time because she's kind of like um, you know a leper in her. Okay. It seems like... Okay, everybody, we had a little bit of a technical glitch there. Um, I ended up in having to interrupt Ko in the middle of telling us about her book. So um, the, the last part that I remember was um, introducing Prisma. Um, she is um, in the lower class or strata um, of the society, and um, it's a very character-driven book. So continue on uh, with what you were saying, Ms. Co. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, it's not a problem. Uh, we get these technical glitches. Uh, I think all that was left to say about Prisma is that um, she is an outcast in her society. And um, so people like her, they wear masks all the time, so they never show their faces. And there are lots of rumors about why, whether they've got something to hide. Um, but yeah, that also slowly is revealed over the course of the story. Um, but through some unlikely circumstances that are introduced early on in the book, Oculus happens to uh, require Prisma's assistance in helping one of the students who attends a college that he founded. And um, th this uh, student is from one of the um, lower classes, um, Ilanu. And um, 
you know, she is in danger because she's gotten tied up with um, a so-called terrorist group, but we find out they are not actually that bad. But yeah, through a misunderstanding, the authorities are now um, coming after her and she needs to get out of the city and Prisma happens to have the skill set that can make that happen. Um, so yeah, Oculus has to um, approach a mutual friend of his and Prisma's to organize all of this. Okay, that sounds, it sounds like so much fun. I, um, you, you were talking about um, a character driven book set on an alien moon. And my, my first, um, my first book um, that I thought of to um, recommend, um, because I know we had talked about um, plenty of book recommendations. is um, a a character-driven science fiction book set on our moon. Um, So they're they're humans uh, set on our moon. They're not aliens, Um, but -hmm. it's a very character-driven science fiction book. Um, And it's called, um, it's a trilogy. Uh, Books one and two are out. Um, And it's the the Goners trilogy uh, by my friend uh, Kenyon Gagné. Uh, that is G-A-G-N-E. Um, I did have to ask him how to pronounce his last mm-hmm. name because I had no clue. Um, and uh, I got to read uh, book one. I have not read book two yet simply because mm-hmm. book three is not out yet. Um, okay. And I, I'm a coward. Um, I, I want to <laughs> wait until book three is out because um, I no, know I book two... I know book two is going to end on a cliffhanger. Um, yes, Your so, Empire Strikes Back style. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. and I I know, um, and I haven't even finished book one yet. Um, even I I read it just enough that I could um, review uh, without spoilers, but then I left the last like little bit of it <laughs> because mm-hmm. book two hadn't come out yet, and I'm yeah. a coward. Um, and I knew book one was going to end on a cliffhanger. Um, and so now I'm like, I'm not reading book two yet until book three comes out because I'm scared. So, um, and Kenyon actually does. amazing. It's, oh, they're yeah. so good. And Kenyon actually listens to, uh, the, the podcast. So Kenyon, don't drive off the road. Um, <laughs> it's, that's a, um. It's a running joke between um, him and me. Um, the The first time we, um, I hadn't been recording the podcast for very long, um, but he's been a huge supporter and a huge um, vocal promoter um, of the podcast since pretty much the very beginning. And awesome. um, so the one of the first couple of times that I mentioned his book and, and mentioned him on the, on the podcast, he commented that he goes, I heard you mention my book and I almost drove off the road. Um, <laughs> so now every time oh, I no. mention his, I know. So now every time I mention his book here on the podcast, I have to tell him don't drive off the road. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a, a running joke um, between the two of us, but. Um, it's it's super fun. It's an amazing uh, book. One is amazing. Um, and is it quite I, like hard science fiction? You know, it's quite accurate in terms of like the science behind it. I would say not really because it's futuristic. It's it's okay. things that that have not been invented yet. So mm-hmm. a so a quick um, a very very small quick synopsis. Um, the the reason that the it's called the Goners is um, the the world is highly overpopulated, um, and lifespans are basically doubled and tripled. Um, so people are are living way longer um, than they normally would, and there are times when people just don't want to live that long anymore and become suicidal. Um, and instead of just offing themselves, instead of just killing themselves and and 
um, and dying, they're given the opportunity um, to join the Meaningful Conclusion Program, the MCP. And the what the MCP does is all of the people who join the program are put in specific dangerous situations that normal people um, who are not suicidal would mm. not go into, um, such as um, testing new biological weapons or okay. um, testing new medication, testing new drugs. Um, in the case of the three main characters, um, Kaywin, Dublin, and Prue, they are, the three of them are sent to the moon and um, Prue is chosen because of her size. She's a very small person. Um, mm -hmm. She is chosen to um, like kind of tunnel through and place um, wires and things to help um, build electrical systems for the, the moon settlers. Um, okay. but it's, but it's a very oh. small, um, it's a very small tunnel and it's a very small situation. Mm. And, um, so again, very dangerous, uh, Kaywin and Dublin are both chosen to be pilots for, um, brand new, um, ships, um, where the, the creators of these ships have, um, designed new engines. Um, and the engines are kind of in beta phase. Uh, so <laughs> okay. they, you know, or they're testing new fuel or, you know, things like that. And so the the chances of these engines exploding or the chances of this fuel causing the ship to explode wow. um, what a is to pretty go. high. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the um, they call these people the goners. Um, mm -hmm. It's just kind of the the slang term for them. They call them the goners um, because basically if they don't die, if they manage to make it through um, two years uh, in service mm -hmm. of the MCP, if they make it through two years alive, the MCP will kill them for them. Um, they will just, wow. the, you know, they're so they're like. And you could change your you, mind in that time. Um, whether you do want to go. I I don't know that you're allowed to. I haven't gotten that far. Um, I don't yeah. know that once, you know, because in order to join the MCP, you have to have like, um, I think it's two years worth of psychiatric treatment and psychological therapy. Mm -hmm. You have to have a doctor sign off. You have to be a certain age. So you have to basically be proven sane um in order mm. to kill yourself <laughs> um it's, yeah so it's <laughs> yeah. you know which is kind of it's the of opposite yeah it's you know it's kind of the opposite of you know what happens these days it's usually mm. you know somebody who who kills themselves or somebody who commits suicide is you know kind of the the opposite of of that yeah um, I guess so, it would be different with the long lifespans that might put it another spin on it um like the way people perceive the idea of, of choosing of when to living. go. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, you know, and it kind of puts a, a different spin on, you know, the whole, you know, do I really want to be immortal? Do I really want to, you know, live this mm -hmm. super long life? And, you know, it's usually, you know, in Kaywin's situation, um, his family has died. And so he um, does, I mean, he's alone I and mean, he doesn't have any, any family. Um, mm -hmm. Dublin has, um, he has basically, he has no friends. He has no one. He calls himself ugly. Um, and um, he has basically been rejected by every single girl that he has ever tried to ask out, ever tried to approach, um, because apparently he's hideous. Um, and I, there's not a whole lot of description of Dublin mm. in, in the book. So it's a good choice. 
I I struggle believing mm-hmm. that he's actually as yeah. as hideous as mm, he definitely. seems to think he is. That could be his but, perception. But his, you know, his being basically being rejected by everybody in his life except for his father um, is what has led to his choice to join the MCP. Um, Prue is um, a celebrity, I guess, would be would be a good way uh, to put it. Tons of people know who she is. Um but in private, she lives um, not the greatest life. Her, um, I don't remember if he's her manager or just her father or both or stepfather or exactly who he is. Um, but if I remember correctly, he is physically abusive. Um, and so she has just kind of reached a point where... Um, she would rather not be in that situation anymore. Um, mm. I'm going to have to put a caveat yeah. at the beginning of I, this episode yes. uh, to, make, <laughs> to make sure that we're not going to trigger anybody. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, um, the book is, you know, just the, you know, it's very, very character driven. And so it's mm, yeah. each, and of, also each of their, they're they're each very different um Mm. and the when I wrote my review um for my website one of the things that I pointed out was if you take the three characters if you take K1, Dublin, and Prue and you and you put them all together you basically have all of humanity you're you know you basically Mm. have a um a personality or a perception or a description or you know something from all types of humanity and Mm. and all types of personalities and all types of people um and so it you know he he did a really amazing job at taking humans and condensing Mm -hmm. it down into into just these three people and so you're not just reading about these three separate people you're reading about humans and it's you know it makes it very very relatable because you know each of the each of the three characters are highly relatable in in their own way you know out of everybody which of us hasn't ever looked in the mirror and gone oh my god I look hideous yeah you know and Or, you know, so I'm not saying that, you know, that makes for, you know, people to be suicidal, but it it makes these particular people very, very relatable, um, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. So it's very character driven and it, that makes it unique for a science mm. fiction book because you don't come across that a lot yeah, I'd um, say so. in in science fiction so um highly highly recommend it mm-hmm. um if you um if you get a chance to read them um oh, i would like to I, add that to my tbr i i, I do <laughs> recommend yeah. um waiting till book three comes out um because mm. i can just about guarantee that Book one is going to end on a cliffhanger um, and probably book two as well, um, an even worse cliffhanger. So I'm waiting for book three to come out before I read the full series. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kenyon, I'm sorry, um, but <laughs> I, I'm scared. Um, I'm oh. complete and total coward. <laughs> when it, it's a struggle of many authors. Like is like when to release your, um, you know, when you're dealing with multiple books. I mean, I just have two and already I'm concerned about like how long it's going to take me to finish the second one and how many people are going to wait until both are ready before they start um, reading. But yeah, it is tricky. And I know some very clever authors like my friend um, AJ Calvin, um, she has written The Cain Legacy, which is an epic fantasy um, about a dragon shifter. And she already has completed, I forget how many books are in her series. Sorry, AJ. Um, 
that she's completed all of it, that now it's just a question of like slowly releasing them. I suppose she could be editing some of the later ones still, but um, yeah, more or less every six months you're getting another book in that series. So I think that's the way to go. Well, and, you know, my my friend Marcus, um, I don't remember how he did uh, with his first trilogy. Um, I don't remember if he did the, the every six months or not, but with his uh, most recent trilogy that he wrote, um, the Chosen Trilogy, he wrote the whole trilogy, then edited the whole trilogy and then mm. published them like all at once. Like he sent out, like he published book one um, on February 20th and then two and three came out on the 21st. Like he, like they all wow. three came out all at once. And which considering how book one ended was a really smart choice. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I tell people you need all three books. Um, because mm. he he had sent me book one, uh, The Mountain of Souls, um, and for Beta. Um, and when I when I finished book one, I read it in about I think a total of six hours. Um, mm -hmm. I I was charging him by the hour, so I had to keep track of like yes. how many how many hours. Um, and I think I read it in about six hours. And when I finished, I immediately emailed him and said, okay, do you have books two and three? Um, <laughs> Cause I need them. And he, mm. and he emails back and he said, well, I do, but they're not edited and they're just in, in word doc. Is that okay? I, fine. <laughs> I don't care. Um, so he, you know, was so kind and, and sent me mm. books two and three. And I think I read those two books in maybe three days. I blew through them because I couldn't put them down. They were yeah. so good. And it's really compelling reads. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I can't even tell you. So, I mean, even my, when I wrote my review of book one, my, my review was over, over 2000 words, mm. which is crazy. Um, <laughs> that, is a, I, that is a long review. And I, and I probably could have written more, but I had to like shut myself up at some point. I'm like, I gotta stop talking at some point because <laughs> I'm gonna spoil something. And I, I had people tell me, I got a third of the way through your review and I'm already sold, you know, sign me up. And, um, you know, I, I was telling a, a lady at work about him and, uh, I don't even think I told her much about the story, um, mm -hmm. I I pretty much just told her that they were fantasy and she goes, okay, I'm sold. Uh, and so, but, oh, they were so good. They were so good. And it was so smart of him to release all three books so close together mm. because like when I got to the end of book one, the way that it ended, I was just like, okay no 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 <laughs> um and so it's i i will tell you um book one yeah. is the mountain of souls uh mm -hmm. book two is the last hope and book three is the river of tears and they are part of the chosen trilogy by marcus lee um that'll be my mm -hmm. my second book recommendation <laughs> um definitely mm -hmm. add it to your tbr as well you yes. will not regret it i promise you will not regret good. it what is um, the pacing like not the pacing but like the um are there any time jumps between the books or do they more or less flow one on from the other um they flow pretty much one onto the other um it's i think the mm. whole the in book one book one is lasts over the course of 
I think about four, maybe five years. Um, mm -hmm. But it, there's no, like, it's, it's pretty obvious when there's a time jump, like it'll specifically mm -hmm. say like at the beginning of a chapter, like one year later, or, yeah. you know, it's been a year since, you know, or something like that. Um, so it's, it's not annoying in, in the time jumps. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I read one, uh, one book that I'm not going to say the name of the book. Um, but I read one book that I, you know, I'm like reading the book and then all of a sudden the, the characters went from five to like 13. And I'm like, what just that... happened? <laughs> and like, there was no explanation of yeah. like what happened. It was just all of a sudden there were 13 and like, mm. um, <laughs> some oh, big oh, gaps. Okay. Huh? And I, I was thoroughly confused. And so this this trilogy doesn't do that. Like it's mm -hmm. it does not give you that confusion at all. Like it's yeah. it's very straightforward. This is what's happening. Um and the you know, and there's like a small bit of explanation of the missing time, mm -hmm. but for the most part, um there's you're not really missing a whole lot. No. Um, and sometimes in, in that like missing time. Yeah. Between books, like, um, you can have a time jump to give a sense of, like, how one story is ended and the next one is starting up now. Or um, it can also just be, like, theme. You know, one book can have, like, a different, um, different themes or, like, a different tone to it than the next one in the series. So, yeah, there are lots of different ways that you can... Um, you know, just keep it interesting and fresh and kind of give a reason for why a book has or a story has been spread over multiple books. Yeah, I um last last week um I recommended um an epic fantasy that I had read um back in 2020, um Shadowless uh, by Randall McNally. And that book I I wanna say that book spanned something like a thousand years um but i really couldn't tell you mm. um but it the the way that it was written and the the characters and um you know everything it it didn't really matter that it yeah. spanned so much time because it dealt with the children of the gods and so they were basically either immortal or aged very, very, very slowly. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And so the the span of time didn't matter as much. Um, yeah. In in that particular story, but I, you know, I completely agree. You know that you when you're telling a story, you know, especially from one book to the next within the same book it's not as important i guess um mm. but especially from like one book to the next it's important to if there's a jump in time it's important to at least explain a little bit of that jump um yeah. and with the chosen trilogy they're in between books there's not really a whole lot of of jump in time especially mm. between books 2 and 3 i i mm -hmm. can't say anything especially <laughs> if you're going to read them because it literally will give away almost the entire book and yeah. almost oh, the entire trilogy <laughs> um if if i say like anything about how book 1 ends um mm. but how book 1 ends is basically how book two begins like they yes. you know so if they merge very very seamlessly and i think that's why um marcus wrote the entire trilogy at a, at the same time the way that mm -hmm. he did yeah. um instead of fresh in your mind like what you have just written and what you are still needing to right write. and to yeah. you know and to keep it cohesive and to keep mm. you know that that continuity going um because they're you know 
there were a bunch of different characters and there were a bunch of different um, potential cultures um, mm. that, you know, he he had to keep straight. Um, and if he had published book one and then published book two, like six months later or a year later, there could have been, you know, continuity errors. And yeah. that that particular trilogy is not a place where you want continuity errors. <laughs> it's just really, really, really not. Um, mm. But it's absolutely amazing. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, in fact, I think I have recommended it in probably mm -hmm. almost every <laughs> single podcast episode um, at least once. Um, and to pretty much everybody, if they say they like fantasy, I'm like, oh, do I have the perfect trilogy for you? <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, those two, uh, for sure, uh, those two trilogies, uh, for sure, mm. I would recommend to you, um, especially if you like character driven, um, stories, um, if you like epic fantasy, um, yeah. those, those two trilogies, uh, for sure. So, um, we've got, I would say probably about 15 minutes left, um, we took way too much time, um, on my book recommendations. <laughs> I could just listen. Yeah. Um, I've uh, got some uh, book recommendations of my own. Um, yeah, I was just about to yeah. ask. So. Well, I, well, I'd met you on um, Blue Sky, but I have uh, also seen you on Twitter, though I know you're not active there so much at I'm the moment. Not, no. Um, but yeah, I'm holding out for as long as I can. But I've got some um, friends over there. Uh, so I'd mentioned AJ, Calvin. And her Kay and Legacy. Um, that is a very good series about Andrew, who is um, he's the son of a dragon mage who took the form of a human and met Andrew's mother. And so um, as a result, Andrew also has inherited this ability to become a dragon. And um, though he has to hide it because the culture that he's been born into and um, his adoptive father, the king, doesn't know about this. And uh, if they were to discover his parentage, then he could um, he could potentially be killed by his own people. Um, so I don't want to spoil it all, but um, in, in the first book, Exile, um, his whole life is turned upside down and some of his secrets are revealed. And he's got really interesting relationships with his brothers. The one, Colin, is just a really awful person. Um, but Alexander is uh, his second brother who's got the major's mark. So he, um, these brothers are from the king. So they're not from, they don't share Andrew's uh, dragon heritage. And um, uh, Alexander, the one with the mark, also has to hide this because um, people with magical ability are also uh, discriminated discriminated against um yeah so definitely um have a look at that uh, it's uh, the Kane legacy exile and then the second book in the series guardian is coming out i think later this month um i can't remember it's the 20 something of it says november. november november 28th so there we go yeah I, got yeah, <laughs> I've got them, got them pulled up on on Amazon. So yeah, um, Exile is out now, um, and um, Guardian is um, pre order price um, is looks like three dollars off. Um, so yeah, definitely go over and and get that pre ordered. Um, they come it comes out later this month. So I I tend not to pre order because I don't like having to wait uh, for yeah. books. <laughs> that um, is a challenge. But, um, yeah, that's that's one more reason why I haven't read um, book uh, two, uh, finished book one and, and read book two of the, the Goners trilogies. Because I'm like, I don't want to have to wait for book three. I want to be able to read yeah. it all at once. So, um, it's... Well, yeah. More than just, Sorry. It's more than just fear. Um, it's selfishness, too. So. <laughs> uh, we all have our, our different quirks and struggles when it comes to reading, because I'm a reader as much as I am a writer. Um, and I know you'd interviewed Joel Flanagan Graneman a while back. I did, yeah. Um, so I've also, I've read his first book, um, Talia, Heir to the Fairy Realm. So 
I don't yet know what the other books in the series are like. I need to get round to them. Um, but I really appreciate his world building too. And um, then on the on science fiction, um, on that front, there's Casey of the, the Drift. Um, I'm now starting on her second book, The Symbiosis. And so she also has some really interesting themes. Um, it's, again, distant future kind of science fiction, still dealing with human beings, but um, they've kind of, through genetic modification, like some have evolved like beyond the, the rest. And so you still have some ordinary humans, but then you also have these advanced uh, human beings. So you've got the Illuminatos who have like psychic abilities and telekinesis, um, telepathy and um, I can't remember the other species but um, they are like enhanced in another way where they're very strong and they um, are usually very beautiful and they live longer than many of the other ty types of people um, and so she also it's like a romance though so hers is dual POV but with her characters uh, Tristan who's Illuminatus and Samara who is um, that middle group that I've forgotten the name of. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. I'm just, I'm very bad with names. And so I tend to forget these details if it's been more than like a few weeks since I've read something. Um, but yeah, there is something that develops between these two characters. And, uh, but there's lots of heartache too. The first book, um, you require a lot of tissues towards the end. So just be Ugh. prepared for that. Don't tell me that. I, I own the drift and I was sitting here thinking, okay, so I need to get to that book, but not if I need tissues. I don't like books that make me cry. I well, I watched. It's um, got a good balance of like romance and humor as well. So she does make up for it. I, um, last week I was talking about, um, a, a duology uh, by my friend Leah Talon, um, her Roots and Stars duology, um, and the the first book, uh, she had actually hired me to um, to proofread um, for her, and so she hadn't sent me the blurb. I had absolutely no clue what to expect from the story, which is my favorite way to go into a book. Um, mm. I, I love going in as blind as possible, and so you know when I when I started reading. I got about a third of the way through the book and went, no. And she got an email from me that was literally just all caps, just no. <laughs> and that was all it was. Oh. I was like, I cannot believe you did that to me. And, you know, and so what she, you know, she emailed back and she goes, you know, the, the, you know, there's a part of me that is so sorry that I put you through mm -hmm. that. But the author part of me is so happy. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I get that. And so, you know, oh, then she told too. me. And well, then she told me, she goes, well, I probably should have told you to read the blurb because mm. that was in the blurb. And I was like. Well, actually, I'm glad I didn't, I said, because I don't think I would have had that same reaction. So mm. now I tell people, read the books. Highly, highly recommend them. Book one is called Falling Through the Weaving. Book two is called Dragons in the Weaving. Mm -hmm. Read the books. Don't read the blurb. Just literally go to Amazon, buy them. Don't read the blurb. Don't yeah. just go in blind. Um, and it is going, so, good going in fresh sometimes because it's hard to keep spoilers out of blurbs well and it's not i wouldn't necessarily say that it's a spoiler mm. but i wouldn't if i had gone into it with this particular knowledge i would not have had that visceral emotional reaction that i had I I still would have had an emotional reaction. I still would have been very upset, um, mm. but I would not have had that no yeah <laughs> reaction that that I did. And you know, I I you know, honestly think 
that there are some books that you need that, you know, you need to be able to have that emotional reaction. And so the, the tiniest, the tiniest of synopses um, for falling through the weaving is Shelta is the main character and Mm -hmm. she has um, a a weird ability where she can, uh, she will just touch random trees and fall through time. Um, And most of the time she falls forward um, in time. But at the beginning of falling through the weaving, she falls back um, into medieval. such a beautiful title, falling through the weaving. Right? Um, And the covers are absolutely gorgeous. Um, But at the beginning of falling through the weaving, she doesn't fall forward like she was expecting she falls backward into Mm. medieval scotland but it's an alternate history medieval scotland so it's like an alternate timeline um so that's all i'm going to say um yeah (laughs) um, about about that um and yeah yeah, my um (laughs) my synopsis shock factor in like the middle Uh, i mean if uh, some of my reviewers, um, I've gotten quite a lot of feedback about a particular scene that happens halfway through the book. And I think that scene kind of is the tipping point in Far Removed where it stops just being sci fantasy and it kind of it tips into horror. And um, oh, no. I think, yeah, it is kind of intense. Um, <laughs> there is quite a lot of body horror and stuff. So the idea oh, of content no. warnings in my book. Um, but it's weird. Uh, I've had mixed feedback because it's kind of the aspects of it that are fairly gentle and it's not very high octane action. Um, but I think they're just unsettling sections in it too. Uh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, have to find I'm out. not a huge fan of body horror, okay. so we <laughs> will fine. just we'll just have to see um, if I Sometimes can. Sometimes you have to know. You have to know what you like and what you don't like. And it's actually a good thing sometimes to like um, just say what a book is, um, put it out there because you want the right readers to find it. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I I was it's so funny <laughs> that you say that because I before we started recording, I was updating my um NetGalley bio and because um, I haven't I hadn't updated it in way too long and one of the things that I uh, said specifically was I am more interested in putting the the right book in the right reader's hands mm. rather than the most readers hands yes. you know I I would rather recommend you know to one person and have that one person read and enjoy it then yeah. recommend it to 25 people and have 24 of them hate it exactly yeah you know I've got so attitude towards this book um because you know some stories the whole reason you go into indie publishing is often because it's kind of niche and um you're not necessarily going to have broad appeal so it's good to get to know who your audience is and um to market it accordingly well, and one of the things that I have said in the past, and I will continue to say until my dying breath, I will die on this hill. The the very thing that makes indie and self-published books not marketable um, is the very thing that makes them marketable. Um, mm. And by that, I mean that they are unique they are original um they genre blend like nobody's business (laughs) and you know you get Mm. you know indie authors who are also readers who are writing what they themselves would want to read and so you have this broad diverse group of authors who are appealing to a broad, diverse group of readers. Mm. And, you know, yeah, you may not be 
well known, but you're going to find that fan base and you're going to find those readers and, mm. you know, those readers it's are going to, yeah, you yeah. know, and those <laughs> readers are going to tell other people about your books and those readers are going to tell other people about those books. And so it's, you know, it may be 25 years from now, um, but it is entirely possible that you could end up a famous author, you know, could be one year from now, who knows, you know? And so I, I don't ever want to see an indie author give up. Um, and I do believe we just lost our connection again. So I am going to, um, hit stop one more time. We're going to come back in just a minute, you guys. I'm so sorry. And we are back, you guys, one more time. Um, I am so sorry. Skype is just not wanting to behave today. But we're back and just in time to say goodbye. But that's okay. Um, Co um, is back. Um, for some reason, Skype had frozen her side of the, uh, of the call. And uh, so... Yeah. Um, we, um, we're going to finalize everything and, um, I uh, was able to finish my sentence at least this time. So, yeah, so we <laughs> are, so we are at, um, at the end of our time together. Um, it's been an absolute blast despite our Skype issues. Um, but that's okay. Um, so where can people find you and come hang out online? Okay, well, you can find me on most social platforms as under the handle at CB Lansdale. So, you know, no dots or spaces in between, just CB Lansdale with two L's at the end. Um, and yeah, I do daily prompts on um, fantasy indies. Uh, that's always fun. It's on um, Twitter, Blue Sky Instagram. Um, yeah, so that just keeps me coming back and interacting with other writers, which is wonderful. And I get to share a bit more about my characters, um, my writing process, uh, side characters, other details about my books. And um, I am also on Facebook, but under a slightly different handle. So it's still C.B. Lansdale, but author afterwards. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you have a website? Yes. Uh, which is also um, like all of my handles, just cblansdale.com. And okay. I'm in the process of updating it. So I want to add more pictures to the gallery. Um, I want to add a bit more information on the world building and pronunciations of words and that kind of thing. So it's a work in progress, but I do have a monthly blog there and you can also um, sign up for a newsletter which doesn't come once a month that just will come very occasionally I try to keep it under six emails per year um, just with information on promotions or um, any little extras like novelettes I can share okay awesome um mm. if you can um, shoot me an email uh, with all of those links um, and excuse me and the socials um, that you uh, would prefer people to follow you on. Um, I will add those to the show notes uh, for everybody, um, along with links to your books uh, would be great. Um, or book. Um, I don't remember how many. I don't book remember how many. And one novelette. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, anything, um, any book uh, slash books that you have uh, published um, that you would like people to check out um, would be great. Um, and links to your socials uh, so they can come follow you um, and check out those uh, writing prompts. Um, other than that, I do believe it's time to say goodbye. It's been... Yeah. An absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. Well, thank you um, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it went um, too quickly. It did. It was yeah. it was so much fun having somebody from, from South Africa, though. I will I'll have to have I'll have to have you back. Um and I'll have to wake up 
earlier and uh, record earlier so you don't have to record so late. Oh, it's but not so bad. It's like half past eight in the evening here. Okay. Oh, well, that's not too bad. No. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. um, I, for some reason, I was thinking you were eight hours ahead of me. Um, so I was thinking it was like 930 there. Um, no. <laughs> Okay, so um, that's not that's not horrible. Okay, well, mm -hmm. um, it was still um, so much fun to have you, and it did. The hour went by way too fast, um, but thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. That well, was great, and I'll be listening to all of your other chats with other authors. I love to um, just hear the writing community, and uh, it kind of puts voices to names and makes yeah it's wonderful you feel more connected to everyone yeah thank you so much <laughs> um i i love when people listen um i love when people share um and if you uh, see any um blog posts or show notes on my website, uh, leave me a comment, guys, uh, listeners. I love those. Um, I answer every single one. And it's um, my way of uh, staying in touch with everyone. Uh, I'm just as horrible about sending out a newsletter as probably most people, maybe <laughs> even worse. Um, but uh, I did have so much fun today and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. I hope you have a wonderful rest of Same your weekend. Same to you. And Thank you. I, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Carol. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.